This is the FBCG Live podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. Today's message is titled, Keys to Developing Our Children for God's Kingdom. Children are the heart of God. They need to be in an environment that prepares them for their destiny. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. Okay, uh, your Bibles, open your Bibles to Psalm 145. And today is, it is Remix Sunday, so I want to talk if I'm going to put a tag on this message. And I do have a tag for the title. I want to talk about keys to developing our children for God's kingdom. Keys to developing our children, our youth, for God's kingdom. Because that's one of the assignments that God gives us to develop young people for the things of God, for the kingdom of God. It's a big part of what the Bible talks about over and over again. When you read through the scriptures over and over again, this is the heart of God. Children are the heart of God. So much of what God does for adults is not for the adults. It's actually for their kids. It's for them to grow up into an environment where they have a personal relationship with the Lord. And so we are uh, making that one of the cornerstones of our church. We have a youth pastor, a young adult director, pastor, we have children's pastor, we have children's staff, and we do so much to help instill and prepare kids for their destiny and for their future. I want all young people to know you have a destiny. God, you're not an accident. You're not just the result of an encounter between your mom and your daddy. God had you in his heart and in his mind and in his plan before the foundations of the world. And so it becomes critical for us to hold on to the responsibility of what God holds us to do and what he's called us to do. So I'm going to, I'm going to preach today through uh, 15, I, I'm going to try to get through these first 15 verses of Psalm 145. I don't know if I'll get through them all, but uh, I'll go as, as long and as far as I can. And I hope that you'll just bear with me as we talk about these keys. These, I got just two points. Somebody say, it's only two points, Pastor? Yep, just two points. It's just two points, and those two points are um, significant. Um, so let's go to um, Psalm 145. Let me, let me just start off by reading these first four verses. It says, I stole you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you. And I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts and I will declare your greatness. This is, um, they, they shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And your dominion endures through all, throughout all generations. The Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look 
expectantly to you, and you shall give them their food in due season. Let me stop right there. Uh, and actually, you know, I want to preach through the whole 21 verses, but I don't have time for that. Maybe I think I might pick up later for part two of this. But this is this this 145th Psalm. Uh, all of the many years I've read, it's there's some things that leaped off the pages at me. And, and I wanted to talk about this because this psalm uh, gives us and reveals to us some passages of, 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 of how we can influence our children, how we can help our children to be engaged and involved in the kingdom of God, to love the Lord and to be, to be able to be obedient to him and to serve him. And, and I want to talk about that not only to, to those who have children, but those who have grandchildren. And if you don't have children or grandchildren, I want to speak to you about the fact that there are people who you know and still your interactions with kids and children, that you can play a part of helping them become and do everything that God has destined them for them to do. I see keys in this psalm that teaches us how to impact our children for the kingdom of God. And that's what I want to talk about today. These principles will give us the ability to raise up righteous, godly children. There's just two points. Here's the first one. The first thing I want to tell you, it's in the first three verses of this psalm, and I'm calling it the fact that God has called us to model daily worship. Write that down. Model daily worship. This is an important deal because what these first three verses talk about is a lifestyle that we ought to have, a lifestyle of modeling before our children the worship of God. You see, what most families do is they, they, they come to church on Sunday and then Monday through Saturday they do everything else but worship God. They're involved in so many other things that's more important that cause the shots that makes the declaration. But what children need to see are adults who so respect and honor God that every day their lifestyle is giving praise and worship to God. Has a lifestyle. That's what I want to challenge you today. I know you, I know you like listening to whatever music you listen to. I know you like watching shows that you like. I know you have conversations that don't really always line up with the things and, and demonstrate the worship of God. But here's what, here's, what the, here's what the psalmist, here's what David said. He said in these first three verses, I will extol you, my God, O king. I will bless your name forever and ever. Stick, stop, stick a pen right there. Hold up, let me tell you. Extol means to exalt, to lift up. It's a lifestyle of every day lifting up the things of God and the presence of God and the principles of God and the ways of God and the acts of God and the, and, and, and the, 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 the deeds of our God. It is an everyday lifestyle that models daily worship. And he says, he says, I will extol you, my God, O king, and I will bless your name forever and ever. I will bless your name. That word bless is a Hebrew word which means to bow down. It means to kneel. It means that it means it has a life. I'm, I'm backing up what I want to do and I'm yielding to the God that I serve. And he says I'm going to bless his name. There's nothing, there's nothing more powerful and more incredible than his name. And, and look at what this says. I want you to see this. He says I will bless your name verse 1 forever and ever. Every day verse 2. Every day I will bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. Forever and ever every day. Forever and ever every day. Forever and ever every day. Forever. Last time I checked, 
Forever is a long time, but forever and ever is a real long time. He says, forever and ever, I will bless your name. He, I will bow down. I will succumb. I will yield to the Almighty God. And the greatest thing we can give our kids is that they see their parents living a lifestyle. They see other adults living a lifestyle that is, that is surrendered to the authority and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the greatest thing we can show our kids. It's the greatest thing. And I know some parents say, I tried to do that, but my kids have still gone astray. Here's what I believe. I am persuaded and I am convinced. And I know that if you live that kind of a life before your kids, they might stray. But somewhere down along the pike, God's going to reel them back in. God's going to call them back in. Oh, yeah, they may. You know, all of us, you know, all of my six kids. I got six kids. And all of my six kids got to a place where they started smelling themselves. They're around 12, 13, 14. When kids enter into that teenage lifestyle, they start thinking they know more than their <laughs> They know more than their parents. They think they know everything. And I've come to learn parents, don't get upset. It's all right. Still love them. Don't kill them. <laughs> when my daughter Sarah turns 16 and got her license, I told her, take your little brother to football practice. She said, why can't you take him? Go ahead and give God the praise. She's still alive. I didn't kill her. She's, I didn't take her out even though I felt like it. <laughs> I wanted to. When she said that to me, I wanted to take her out, but I let her live. I know she's watching right now. Girl, you better be glad I didn't take you out. If I had said something like that to my father, my face would be smashed up against the wall. Or I might not even be alive. He might have taken me out. But they, they get to a place where, where they smell themselves and their hormones get a little out of whack. And I want to say to parents, it's okay. You still worship and honor God. You still love on them. You still don't kill them. Don't take them out. Just you continue to bow down. You continue to extol God. Every, and here's the point I'm trying to drive home to you. The scripture says right here in verse 2, every day, I love that word, every day I'm going to bless him. Every day I'm kneeling down to God. It's a lifestyle. Verse number 3, and it says, verse number 2, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. God is so awesome that you can't get to the bottom. You can't get to the end. You can't get, you can't get to a place that you've exceeded or gone past a place of God's goodness and greatness. He's an incredible God. And so that's why we worship him every day. Because he's incredible. He's an incredible God who does incredible things. He's incredible. Somebody say incredible God. And, and, and we are to model a worship of him. I want, that's what I want to say to adults, to parents, to grandparents. Model a lifestyle of worship. And, that, and that, that means the music you listen to, the programs that you watch, the books that you read, the conversations that you engage with other adults. Your, your kids are sitting right there listening to you, sitting around the table discussing everything the pastor should have done. And if, you know, here's, here's what I tell people. If, if your plan was better than the pastor's plan, God would have made you the pastor. <laughs> would have made you the pastor. But he didn't make you the pastor. Uh, so be careful and live a lifestyle that models for your children the worship of an amazing God.
I don't know about y'all, but I, I, this is how I've tried to live my life. Yeah, have I missed the mark sometimes? Frequently. But God knows my heart is to live my life in a way that every day is a reflection. Every choice I make, every decision that I've made has not been dependent on how I feel, but I'm looking for principles right here. This is what governs my life, has governed my life. Principles that I discover in this word right here. And here's the principle right here that I want to get, I want to get across. You want to confuse your child? Go to church on Sunday, then act like the devil Monday through Saturday. You want to cause them to, 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 be, to, to do crazy things and to have conflicting views and models? Be the kind of parents that talk one way in church and why you're around church people, but talk a different way when you're around everybody else. Mm. Got quiet. Got, I think I got two amens in this point right here today. So that's, that's my first point is model a worship lifestyle a daily worship lifestyle of God, not just when you come to church. Here's number two. I'm going to be finished in just a few moments, but I love point two. This is a significant thing. I was reading this, and it leaped off the pages at me. It begins in verse four. The principle is in verse four, but it is reiterated through, all the way through verse 15. It says, one generation, verse four, shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Look at that. One generation, let me read it again shall praise your works to another. Here's what I'm calling that. Here's what I'm saying about that. I'm saying that God's calling us to make deposits of truth to our children. Make deposits of truth. Here's what that means. That one generation shall make deposits of truth to another generation. Our assignment is to share our experiences with God. Our uh, 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 how our sightings of God, our view of God, our experience with God, make it a practice, a, a frequent practice. And you see this all through the rest of this, is to tell them about the things that God has done for you and the things that he's worked for you and deposit in them truth of what God has done for you. This is so significant and important. That thing leaped off the pages at me. God says, make it a, make this is what I want you to do. Tell your children about the things that God has done for you. Tell your children about the doors that he's opened, the prayers that he's answered, the miracles that he's wrought, the victories that he's won. Tell them about those doors and those things that God did that you know only God could have done it. Everybody in here got something in your life that you know that only God could have done. Some prayers that only God could have answered. Some, some miracles that you know that only God could have done. Tell them to your kids. Tell them how he, they, he healed your body when you got sick. Tell them about the job that he opened up for you that you when you couldn't find a job. Tell them. Tell them about the things. And, and some of you got things that God has done for you that you ain't never told nobody. Come, come on, somebody ought to say amen. And then, and then David in this 145th Psalm begins to go through a list of things that we ought to, we ought to tell them about. Look, look at this. He says, he says in verse number four, declare your mighty acts. He says, declare the mighty acts of God. That word uh, Mighty acts, it's one, it's one Hebrew word, but here's what it means. It means to shout it out. It means, it means to, to declare and to, to tell about God's strength and about God's might. And I, I know somebody here today has, you, you've had experience with God that he, he has done something that has shown and demonstrated to you 
his mighty acts. Your children haven't had the opportunity to see God do as much as he's done for you in your life. I know God has done incredible things in your life. And your job is to continually tell them about what God has done. Uh, look at verse number five. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty. I like that right there. That word, here's what the word meditate means. I know you think about it when you read it. You, you think it means to ponder. But no, no, in the Hebrew, that word meditate, I will meditate, means this. It means to hold a conversation. It means to speak and dialogue. And, and that's what God is telling us to do with our children Speak and dialogue with, with them about the, the splendor of God's majesty and his wonderful works, the workings of the things he's done. I, I, if I had to do something over again through the course of my life, I wish I had done this early in my life and I regret that I didn't do this. I, I started doing it, but I didn't maintain keeping a journal of the things God has done. I started it, but I, I just unfortunately didn't have the discipline to maintain it. But I want to tell the young people today, listen, young people, I want y'all to hear me on this. I want you to create a journal of the things that God does for you. When you, when you sit down and record the doors he's opened and the miracles that he's wrought, you'll begin to see the things God's doing for you. And when you get older, you'll be able to look back over your life and say, I remember when God did this and I remember when God did that. And, and, and that's things God did for me. When I, I went back and looked at the journal when I started it, there were things in that journal and I, and, I, and I stopped doing it. I wish I had continued to do it. I'm mad with myself. All of the things that God has did for me over my 63 years of life is worthy of being repeated. It's worthy of being said again. I wish I had written it down, but I can't even remember half the stuff. A third, two thirds, three thirds, whatever. I can't remember anything else. A lot of the stuff God has done. So I want to say to the young people today how important it is for you to begin to write down. It doesn't matter how small it is. It might just be that you get a great grade on a, on a test that you didn't study for. I ain't telling you not to study. You better study. God might open up and give you a, a great grade. It might be a class that you pass. It might be, I don't know what it might be that God does for you, but whatever it is, write it down so you can tell your children about what God did for you. I look back over my life and he's done wondrous things. It's, and this, this verse right here, verse 5 says, I will meditate on the glorious splendor of his, of his majesty. I'm going to have conversations about that. Look at verse 6. It is what this keeps repeating. Men, verse 6, shall speak of the might of your awesome acts and I will declare your greatness. Listen, to this. Here's, here's what this means. Men shall speak of his might. And, and his awesome, his awesome acts. Uh, is, there it is, conversation again, to be talking about it. It's just a simple thing. It's a simple thing that God says, I want you to hold conversations about the power and awesomeness of God. You know, let me, let me, let me say this. I can tell where people are. If you hang around a person long enough, sooner or later, they're going to talk about what's important to them. Sooner or later, they're going to break off into asking questions or having conversations about something that uh, is important to them. And I'm looking forward to the day that we have conversations all over our church, not about the car you drive, not about your job, not about the clothes that you wear. I'm looking and praying for God to raise up a generation in our church that when you walk by, you hear people talking about, here's what God did for me. Here's the miracle that God worked for me. Child, here's what happened this week. You won't believe what God did for me just yesterday. I'm looking forward to that day that that will be the just of our conversations. 
men shall speak, verse 6 says, of the might of your awesome acts, and, and I will declare your greatness. Verse 7, here it is again. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. There it is again. It's talking about conversations. It is the conversation. It is what we speak. It is what we say. It is what we talk about. And I like this right here. Verse 7 says, they shall utter the memory of your great goodness. In other words, God says, even talk about the things that you remember that God did for you. That's why I think having a journal is so significant and so important. And matter, as a matter of fact, it goes on a bit further. I got I to gotta hurry up on. Verse 8 says, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. Let me shout. Somebody want to shout with me right here. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. The God we serve is, here's what the word gracious means. It means he hears the cry of the vexed. <laughs> Y'all missed a great spot to say amen. He hears the cry. He hears the appeal of somebody who's vexed out. That, that's, what the, that's what it means right there. That's what the word gracious means. It says the Lord is gracious. He is quick to hear those who are vexed and troubled and, and stressed out. He's quick to hear their cry. He's gracious and full of compassion. And here's what I like about God. He's slow to anger and great in mercy. Slow to whip your behind. Y'all ought to say amen right there. I think, I think there might be somebody in here who done done something that you, God should have whipped your butt. But somebody ought to be, so, I, I wonder is there anybody here who can praise God that he didn't whip you like you should have been whipped. He's slow to anger and great in mercy. That's what you need to speak about. Tell, tell your children, here's what I did that was wrong. Here's where I missed the mark. Here's where I went when I shouldn't have gone. Here's what I did when I shouldn't have did. Here's when I said something I shouldn't have said. But yet God is slow to anger. Y'all know people can get angry quick. Y'all know somebody who gets angry pretty fast? God, God doesn't, get, he doesn't get angry quickly. He, he is slow to anger. And I love that the verse says he is uh, slow to anger and great in showing mercy. You know what mercy means? Mercy means God doesn't give you what you deserve and, and, and gives you what you don't deserve. He doesn't give you the whipping that you should have gotten, but he gives you the goodness that you didn't earn or didn't deserve. And so the passage here says that we ought to talk about that. Tell your neighbor, talk about that. Verse 9 says, thank, thank the one person. Thank you, uh, Sister Marilyn, for saying I think you're the only one. Verse 9, the Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. All your works, verse 10, shall praise you, O Lord. All your, look at verse 10. All your works shall praise you. Y'all missed a great spot. Let me tell you what that means. That means God does stuff so great that the works stop and say, did you see what God just did? The works themselves said, wait a minute. Did God just make me? Did he just perform this miracle through me? That's what, that's what, that's, the, and we, that's what we got to talk about. We, the works are making declarations. And then it says in verse 10, I'm almost finished. And your saints shall bless you. And your saints shall bless you. That word bless, again, I think I mentioned it already, but here it is again. Multiple times this word bless uh, is, is shouting out, it means to kneel down. It means to kneel down. It means to bow down to God. 
Again, a lifestyle of bowing to God and kneeling to him. I want to give God the praise. I want to kneel down to this God who opens doors and works miracles. And then here we are, verse 11. I'm trying to hurry up through here. Uh, it, all of this is under this one point. I'm just trying to make one point that we are making deposits of truth into our children. We are telling them about the goodness of God. That's just one point over and over again. It's telling us to talk about it, talk about it, talk about it, teach it, teach it, say it, share it over and over and over again. Verse 11 says, they shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power. Do you all hear? Do you see this thing driving us home? Keep on talking about the Lord. Tell your kids about the Lord. Tell your kids that he's a wonder and working God. Keep talking about it. They might get tired of hearing it, but here's what I believe. While they might get tired of hearing it here, down in their soul and in their spirit, something is registering that they want to know that God. They want to meet that God. They want to experience that God. They want to have a connection with that God. Keep declaring it and speaking it and talking about it and uttering it. Make known, verse 12 says, make known to the sons of men his mighty acts. Make it known the things he's done in your life. Your kingdom, verse 13, uh, is an everlasting kingdom. And your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord, verse 14, upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. Oh, I love this. I love it right here. Can you just get this in your heart and get this in your mind and get it in your spirit that this is what God is calling for you parents? This is how we raise up children. The keys to raising up children is living a lifestyle of worship, Worshiping God has the way you live every day, not just when you come to church on Sunday. I don't want to pastor a church where people are one way on Sunday and act like the devil Monday through Saturday. I mean, I, mean, I, I, don't, want, I don't want after being here for 32 years. By the way, next Sunday is my 32nd anniversary. Of 32, I don't want to pastor 32 years and have a church full of heathens who don't have anything to talk about about the God that, that we've been preaching and declaring and singing about. I, 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 that's not what I, I want. I want, a, I want people who are hungry for the things of God. I want people who, who are living a lifestyle of daily worship. And I want, I, I'm praying that God will make us a church of people who, who when you hear their conversations, eventually they're going to talk about the goodness of the Lord. I don't care what they're talking about. They might be at the ba 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 football game, might be at the basketball game, baseball game, might be at, well, I don't care where they are, but eventually they're going to have to say something about, do you know what God did for me today? Can I, can I tell you about the miracle that God did for me last week? Can I tell you about the prayer that he answered on my behalf? This is the life that God is calling us to live. And you know what? This is what he does for those who have surrendered their life to him. You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. We should continue to model worship daily and make deposits of truth to our children. If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenarden.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week.